All right, so uh, let's jump in. Enthusiasm is what we're talking about today. And you're like, is that a, a message? Do you really talk about enthusiasm as a topic, right? But think about it. What are you, what are you enthusiastic about? Like, over time, when you were a kid, you were enthusiastic about a lot of stuff, weren't you? I mean, and you told everybody. But as time goes by, and the older you get, the more you're just kind of worn down by the world. And, and they tell you, you don't, you don't need to get all excited about that. That's, you need to hold that in, right? And, and it's one thing to be enthusiastic and to hold it in, and we'll talk a little bit about that later, but it's another thing to squelch that enthusiasm that you have. And, and I'm not talking about, about anything. Um, how many of us would call ourselves enthusiastic people? Yeah. And see, we all know that about you, really, right? Because you are enthusiastic. That's what we love. How many of us would say, I'm not, I'm not enthusiastic, right? This is me. Yeah, I'm, I'm not enthusiastic. Yeah, and, and it's because, you know, life has squashed us and it wants to make us into these drones and you can't be excited. Don't get so excited about that. And, but here's what I, what I was thinking. The world is so jacked up anyway, why would we listen to them? The world doesn't know its hand from its foot, right? They tell us stuff that we need to do that's so wrong and so messed up. We need to forget about I was talking to uh, um, a lady in the other church. I'm pastor of, I'm interim pastor over in the church that we actually rent from. And they're an older congregation, mostly in their 70s. And uh, one lady has been going through cancer, and she was, the doctors went in, they got it all, then she went through a little bit of chemo and radiation and uh, zapped it. It's gone. They can't find any, anything. And I was like, well, praise God, that's wonderful. And she said, yeah, it is. And I started getting real excited for her, and she said, I would get excited, but they tell you, and, and I don't know if this is the case all around, but they say, don't get excited about it because it can hurt other people who have cancer. It can hurt their feelings because they're not healed. And I'm sitting here going, are you nuts? Are you crazy? Because if I'm healed, I'm going into the hospital lobby, I'm dancing a jig, and all the family members and other cancer patients can celebrate with me, and if they don't, I, that's not my problem. Right? Because this is, this is something to where we need to give recognition to God where God needs recognition. She was like, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm excited about it. And she was. She was internally excited, but see, people are telling her these different things. So there's, these, there's two different kinds of, or several different types of enthusiasm. Um, there's the things where we don't just kind of blurt out, right? Vacations. How many of us are really excited, enthusiastic about vacations, right? Who doesn't look forward to not going to work or school? Yes, every one of us, right? What about... <clears throat> well, no, Tabitha did. I did. I, 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 I look forward, but my kids are older. Yeah, when you got babies, it doesn't matter where you're at, does it? You're changing a diaper no matter what. That is the lot we pull in life, I guess, but... What about, like, okay, here we go. This should, this should fit for you guys, too. What about going to a nice restaurant? No kids. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Now, and here's the thing. Uh, social media kind of gives us the outlet to be enthusiastic, but then there's that, 
that whole thing where it's like, well, I want to show people this awesome steak that I'm eating, but at the same time, I don't want to be braggadocious about it, right? And so maybe I'll just put like the map and this is where I'm at, but it doesn't really do it justice because you need to feel and understand how juicy this steak is, right? That's what we're, we're caught in that dilemma. Social media has just made things more complicated for us, hasn't it? It's just made it rough. Some of y'all don't care. I, 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 I don't put anything up but announcements. Y'all don't know what's going on in my life unless I tell you, but you all know because we're all friends, right? We're a family. So here's the thing. There's stuff that you are enthusiastic about, and you don't care if people know. You don't care if people know how excited you are. I want to pick a fight. Y'all ready? I wish David was here because he would go, he would, he would probably throw down with me with this. But I believe that the best donuts are Krispy Kreme donuts. Daddy's donuts. <laughs> what do you think, Tom? Cornell makes donuts? <laughs> no, 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 no. There's a place called Daddy's Donuts. Over in Seven um, Yeah, yeah. Okay. Chilly, yeah. Okay. What about district donuts? Come on. Oh, pricey, but good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. But they don't need crispy cream. So I haven't tried it what, what's the donut place that you guys have, love? Baker's Dozen. Baker's yeah. Dozen, that's right. Yes. Yeah, that's the best. I've had them, they're not as good as crispy cream. Crispy cream's not worth the it's, it's second on. It's got the glaze on it. I see it go in the thing, get cooked, get glazed. What do we call that then? Process. Process. Ah, <laughs> uh, you've been watching documentaries, huh? <laughs> no one's mentioned district donuts. What's that? Oh, sorry. What's that? District donuts and a uh, cup of donut. Mm -hmm. Oh, I've heard cup of donuts good. Yeah. See, we'll, we'll voice this. We don't have a problem telling... If David were here, he's got, he's got an expose, not an expose, he's got a dissertation about why Baker's Dozen is the best donuts, right? And he, and he won't stop until you have conceded. And, and I, just, I just stay quiet because at some point I'm going to go, I don't like your Baker's Donuts, and I'm going to see his head explode, right? He's just going, what? Right? So he's, David's in uh, Alabama helping out... Uh, What's the name of the, the actual name of the place? It's a, yeah, Camp Victory. It's a place where the kids go during the summer uh, and have a more than vacation Bible school. It's a whole camp. So he's, he's helping out there. So y'all be in prayer for him. They should be done today, huh? Okay, good. Yeah, he's, he's been putting in some hard work. They had to bust up concrete and all kinds of stuff. So um, be in prayer for him. But yeah, if we're, if we're honest, we're enthusiastic about certain things, and, and a lot of times they're things that don't really matter, right? I'm not saying donuts don't matter, because they do, right? I can tell you that. that you need to ask my kids, they do. But there's, there's two people, two types of people. There is the type of person that lets environment determine their enthusiasm, and then there's the type of person whose enthusiasm changes their environment, Okay? And we all know somebody who, who walks in, they light up a room, right? Oh, hey, how you doing? Right? And, and they change the nature of the room, right? And so today, I don't want to just talk about donut enthusiasm, right? That would be self-help. 
and then, and then later on, as you've had too much donuts, not self-help. Uh, I want to talk about spiritual enthusiasm. I want to talk about godly enthusiasm. Enthusiasm for Jesus, because if we're honest, we don't see that much anymore, do we? It's, it's just not prevalent. So enthusiasm for our Heavenly Father, that comes from within. In, in fact, the Bible uh, has this term for it. It's called entheos. Entheos. It is in God. It is filled with God. And so we need to ask ourselves, are we filled up with God? Are we filled with the world's concerns? Are we filled with its worries? Um, enthusiasm is not a product of environment as much as it is a posture of your heart. I mean, it's, it's so simple, but at the same time, it's so hard because, again, the world's grinding on us daily, saying, we need to do this, we need to do that, this isn't right, this... Why are you excited about this? Now that that's done, we've got to move on to this project. You can't celebrate that, right? This is why like, we, we see in football, even. right? I'm a, I'm a Bama fan. I know you hate me for it. right? I know I'm, I'm the enemy here. But Saban is what he preaches. You've got like two hours after a game to celebrate, and then it's done, and you better move on. I'm like, man, I wouldn't survive in his system. If I win a football game, it's three days, right? Woo, we won! I'd be so excited. This is what our world does to us. And, and here, I want to talk about just a couple of people. I want to mention Paul. Paul, when he writes a bunch of his letters, he's in prison a lot of times. And we don't see him whining and complaining like you would see me. He is actually enthusiastic about his situation because he gets to preach and tell uh, the prison guards and the prisoners and the judges that he's going to come up in front of. He gets to tell them about Jesus. He is pumped about it. You read in his, in his letters, he's like, man, this is fantastic. I know everybody would look at this as horrible, but it's awesome. You're like, all right, Paul, way to go, buddy. It's an overflow of his heart. That's the way I want to be. Not just here, not just, you know, on Sunday, but every day. Enthusiasm is the fact that your heart is so filled up with God that you can't stop it from coming out. That's spiritual enthusiasm. Now, let's take a look at David. David, we're going to look at two sides of David today. In 1 Samuel 17, verse 45, it says, David said to the Philistine, he's walking up to Goliath. If you know the David and Goliath story, right? Here's the, 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 the background. The two enemy camps are basically camped on opposite hills from each other, okay? And the Philistines are on one side, the Israelites are on the other, and every day Goliath comes out and he's like, what's up, pansies? Come on, you little sissies. I'm sure he was using... Worse language than that, right? And everybody's terrified of this guy because he's like nine, ten feet tall. And so everybody says, well, who's going to fight him? He's like, listen, come on out and fight me. Come on. And who's going to do it? And David, this little shepherd boy, he's visiting his brothers. He leaves the sheep with dad. He comes and brings them some bread. He hears Goliath. He's like, what is wrong with y'all? 
We've got God on our side. Somebody go, fine, I'll do it. And he does. And Saul tries to give him his armor. It's too big for him, too heavy. He's like, forget it. No, I'm just going out. Here, let me go find some rocks, right? This is how much confidence, how enthusiastic David is about God and about how God will deliver them from anything. So here's what he says. It says, David said to the Philistine, that's Goliath, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Y'all look like, y'all look like, y'all aren't excited. Let me read this again. You come against me with sword and spear and javelin. He's decked out. I mean, he is ready for war. David's in like short shorts, right? A tank top. He's got a sling because, and it's not like slingshot, it's a sling. I don't know how you even aim those things, right? He goes down, he gets some rocks. He says, I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. He is ready. Not with armor, not with anything other than what's right here. And he knows he's already won. He said, he says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. They don't share that part when you're, doing, when you're sharing that with your kids, right? And here's David and oh look, Goliath has the X's on his eyes and, and then next he chops his head off. And then he puts it on a stick and runs around with it, right? Nobody shares that part when you're sharing with your kids. And he said, but, but I mean, he is, he is, this is cocky, right? This is like a, what, 10, 11, 12-year-old boy? This is Ty, right? Or Evan going up to some warrior going, I'm about to kick your butt. And it's going to hurt, right? And they're like, what? This very day I will give, you, give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. That's, that's, I'm, I'm, I want to go fight somebody now, right? Some, just some mean person right now. And you've got to ask, though, where, where does it come from? Well, if you do a, a, a study of David's life, I'm not going to show you all the verses and all the stuff. He did three things. Three things he did on a daily basis. He trusted God daily. There were lions and bears that would come after his sheep. He would take them down. Right? He was like Samson. He fought, fought him with his bare hands. And God delivered him. He walked with God daily. Right? You can read in the Psalms where he says, the Lord is my shepherd because he was a shepherd. He knows what that's like. And he worships God daily. He trusted God daily. He walked with God daily. He worshiped God daily. Listen, if we're not doing this, you're not going to have an overflow of God from your heart. It doesn't, it doesn't happen by coming to church on Sunday. Right? I mean, I love that we're all here, but if you're not spending time in the Word, if you're not spending time letting God build into you and speak to you and you're not taking the time to just be silent and let him talk that's the hard part isn't it let me challenge you to do this i challenge my church all the time I challenge you guys all the time when you're in the car just turn the radio off all right it's the most awkward 
five minutes of your life for the first five minutes, and then all of a sudden, like, God's screaming, right? It's just so much going through your head, and it's, whoa, it's awesome. Just turn the radio off. God talks. We just got to listen. We just got to put things away. And, and don't you want to be like David? Because remember when you were a kid? What were you enthusiastic about when you were a kid? What did, what did you just talk about all the time? What were you so excited about? It's my birthday. Oh, nice. Yeah. What else? Snow days. Mm. <laughs> you had a lot of those in Philly, too, didn't you? No. No? Oh, because you got to go to school unless the roads are passing. No, they don't get too much because they're really close to the ocean. Oh, So it's, okay. it's probably about two or three days for a normal year. Okay. It's about the same number of hurricane we had days we get most of them. But yep. that's it's more fun because you're not like without electricity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or running, right? Or in contra full of traffic. What else? What were you excited about when you were a kid? Do you remember? Are we all just boring, summer. dull of summer. <laughs> summer? Oh, yeah, summer was easy. School was ending. Yeah. Come on, think back. Think back. Think when you were a kid. What did you just love? Christmas. Road trips. Christmas. Christmas? Yeah. Christmas parties. What's that? The Christmas parties. Christmas parties. And the food. Oh, yeah. I still love those. I'm still, I still love those, yeah. My kids, my kids are enthusiastic about life in three different ways. It's really striking how different they are, but they're all really enthusiastic about life. Um, and we want to foster that. Ty, he loves sports. And, and he's pretty good in uh, baseball, basketball, and uh, we're finishing up football right now. Um, and he'll do something. Like, he scored a touchdown at school the other day, and his, on his school team the other day. And, you know, he, he scores, and he hands the ball to the official. He has a smile on his face, and then it's over. And it's gone. And he's like, all right. But then he gets into the car. You know, so it's, it's this kind of quiet enthusiasm. But he gets into the car, and I'll say, Good job, buddy. He's like, oh, yeah, he threw it to me. Oh, it was awesome. And I caught it, and I, was in the, I wasn't in the end zone. I had to take two steps, and I thought they were going to get me. And then, oh, man, it was, I mean, it just all blah, blah, comes out. It's amazing. Basketball, he, he, he scored a ton of points one game, and then everybody was, good job, Ty, good job. Way to go. And he's like, okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. You get him in the car. Oh, how's it going? Oh, he's so excited. Eli, y'all know Eli. He's enthusiastic about anything, right? Especially video games. I dare one of you to go and ask Eli if he's ever beat Super Mario Brothers. Because we have the original Nintendo, and he loves playing Super Mario Brothers. He will tell you every inch of every level that it takes to beat that game. And he will tell you with such passion and enthusiasm. I mean, he's so excited about it, right? And he tells Leave all the time, and Leave, you see Leave's eyes kind of gloss over, like, I'm so lost. Uh-huh. Oh, that's great. That's great. Oh, yeah. He just keeps going. And even if you say, all right, okay, okay, good, buddy. Well, hey, I've got to go. He just follows you around, and he, he just tells you, right? Leave does that with people, right? <laughs> she, she loves people so much. She's enthusiastic about people. Can I, can I share? She was talking to somebody in the parking lot. They were walking to their car. She passed our car, kept walking with them to their car, just talking to them, talking to them. She's so excited. She loves people, right? Sage, 
sages are silent enthusiasts. And I don't know if I've shared this with you. I, I may have, but the other day, her, well, her birthday is November 28th, okay? And what was it, a month and a half ago? She goes up and posts her birthday list. Like we, Nobody knew she made it. Nobody saw her post it. But she put that thing up like it was Martin Luther's 95 Thesis. I mean, just boom! She's got magnets. You can see it. She's got magnets all over it. That thing's not falling, right? You've got to read it phonetically. She's in second grade. So I assume this is okay for second graders. I don't know. But she's, she, she had ten of them. She never said anything about it. She never told us. She just, boom, drops the mic, walks off. It's there. I know you see it. Since then, she's added 11 and 12. So we've got an, an alarm clock, a rug from my room on the floor. That's a baby doll, right? Phonetically. A bedspread for my bed, which, didn't she just get a new bedspread? Why does she want another one? What's she doing to us? Uh, bows and more bows. That's not a Bose speaker system. I was, I, I was real excited about that one until Lee told me. She said, no, 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 it's Bose for her hair. I'm like, oh, man, we would have gotten her that. Uh, number six is a hula hoop, a jump rope, uh, new clothes. I, that one I don't know if we can let pass. We need to talk to her about that one. pair of socks, new headphones, a new pillow for my bed that has a, an S on it. Is that what that is? A S on it because her name's Sage. So that's going to cost us a chunk of change because we've got to get it. Yeah, great. And then uh, what's number 12? Uh, a, double, a double stroller and a bed for her babies. She goes up. She's like, boom, walks off. And I'm looking at this, and I'm like, she is ex two and a half months early. We can't get the boys to tell us anything about what they I don't know. We just give them gift cards to Academy and Toys R Us. She knows exactly what she... She did this, what, when Ty couldn't come up with his birthday list? She's like, oh, I'm coming up with mine. And I look at this, and I'm like, why can't we do this for Christ? Why can't we be so excited for... Christ like we are for our birthday. And, and, and I know we are because we're ecstatic when we invite someone to church and they come, right? I mean, we're, we're, so we don't want to freak them out, right, because they're here with us or whatever, but we're like, oh, they're here, I've been praying, right? Or we get excited when we, when we sense God's presence in worship. He's always here, but sometimes we just got so much going on in our head and finally we put it out and, oh, I, I'm ecstatic, I'm so really thankful when God answers a prayer, right? I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. Even if it's no, I'm like, oh, God heard me. It's fantastic. Or I get giddy when I'm serving, right? I turn, turn into like this, start turning into a little girl because I'm so excited. I'm helping other people, right? Um, when we tithe, we're tithing and we're doing what we need to do and I look at the bills and wait, if I get, all right, I got to give this. Well, I already gave this, and we don't have enough money to pay these bills. Well, and then God provides. That's, I get overwhelmed with that. 
And so we have every reason to be enthusiastic about Jesus in our lives. And then we look at David, and we see his excitement and his enthusiasm. But there's two sides of David. So let me finish the first side of the kid. It says, as Goliath moved closer to attack, David ran quickly out to meet him. And I love that part because you're a 12-year-old kid. This joker's coming at you with this giant sword that's taller than you. And what is, he doesn't shrink back. He's like, oh, it's on! And he runs towards him. And reaching into a shepherd's bag, taking out a stone, he hurls it in his sling, hurled it with his sling, and he hit the Philistine in the forehead. I love this part. The stone sank in. Can you imagine the torque that you've got to sling this sucker with to break bone and to sink into the brain and to knock this guy out? I mean, he's, he's good. Now, obviously, God's with him, and God's directing this, and God maybe even added a little bit more oomph to it, right? But Goliath stumbled, and he fell face down on the ground. That's David, who has no doubt whatsoever that God is with him. And David grows up, he becomes king, and in 2 Samuel 11, 1 and 2, it says, In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. So, it was wartime, David said, ah, I'm going to take this season off. He was supposed to be leading them. He was supposed to be... be telling them and saying, God's with us, guys, let's go. Eh. And I'm tired of killing people. I'm tired of whooping other armies. I'm going to hang out. Verse 2 says, One evening, David got up from his bed, and he walked around on the roof of the palace. Should be at war. And then we know what happens from there. It says, From the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. That woman was Bathsheba. And he told his servant, he said, hey, go get her for me. The first biblical understanding of pornography, of, of adultery, and then he kills her husband so he can have her. What happened? Well, with enthusiasm, David ran into the battle to serve his God. But with apathy... David walked on the roof to serve his comfort. Now, we've all been here, maybe not here, but we've all served our comfort. And we look at David, we go, how did, how did a man with such enthusiasm as a kid lose, lose all of that? He took his eyes off of his calling. He took his eyes off of where God was leading him, and he put it on his comfort. So, which one of these things represents you right now? Are you walking in your comfort or are you charging into the spiritual battle that you know is in front of you? Man, it, this world, they will tell you, it's all right, just, just take a break. And in your mind, your heart, you're worn out and you're asking God, I need the strength. I need the strength to fight this. I need the strength to do this. And he's going to give you that strength, but you've got to keep charging into that battle. Revelations 2, 4 and 5, God is talking to the church that's in Ephesus. And he says this, 
I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. You remember when you first knew Jesus? You were so excited because all of that junk in your life, you realized was washed away? Like it's forgiven. God's not holding it against you. He's not holding it over you. None of that. He says, consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. Be excited about Jesus again. It's okay. The world's going to tell you you're weird no matter what you do. Be weird for Jesus. Go after Him. Trust Him. Walk with Him. Worship Him. Trusting God. Walking with God. Worshiping God. That's filled up with God. Doing it daily. That's being filled up with God. Psalm 51. Verses 10 and 12, David comes back to God. He says, create in me, God, a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. He's saying, God, I need that again. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. We need this. Maybe we need to memorize this. Because for many of us, the world just grinds us down. But we need to remember... Jesus Christ died on a cross for my heart, for my soul. He was raised from the dead. He sits at the right hand of the Father now. Enthusiasm, that should make you so excited about life. Because no one can defeat you. All Your boss, who you can't stand, right? Oh my gosh, that guy. That girl, that lady's driving me nuts. Look, don't work for her. Don't work for him. Work for God. And do your best for God, and he's going to take care of you. I promise you. Be enthusiastic because of what God has done in our lives, what he's done on the cross. We need to ask ourselves, are you more enthusiastic about your job, which I know nobody is enthusiastic about their job, really, Right? Most of us aren't. Are you, but are you more enthusiastic about your job than Jesus? That, that shouldn't be right, right? We should, we should be so excited that when we walk into the room, the climate changes. Right? When you go to work, people are different around you. Right? As a pastor, people are different around me anyway. Right? Because all of a sudden they stop cussing, they stop acting a fool, all that kind of stuff. That's the way it works. Right? We're a family. We're all fools. And I know that, right? Because we quit hiding it a long time ago, didn't we? We know. And if you think we don't know, we know. We love you anyway. But when you walk into a room and you've got God, everything changes. So when you walk into your home from after work, things should change, right? Everybody, the kids are nuts. Wife is going crazy because the kids are nuts. You walk in and you have to maybe slap a few heinies or whatever and get them back in line and everything should be back right, right? That's the way, that's the way it works when you get babies. Sorry. When you're at, at home, or yeah, at home, people should be excited to see you because you're so enthusiastic about them. You're so thankful that you've got a family. I don't want us to be a product of our environment. I want the environment to be a product of God overflowing from our heart. Trust God daily. Walk with God daily. Worship God daily. And then I promise you, because God points it out over and over and over again, 
I promise you, you will begin to influence others for Christ as you're walking with Him daily. Let me pray for us. Father, thank You for Your Word, and thank You that um, we can be enthusiastic about You. And I know people will tell us all to settle down, and maybe we're strange or weird, but God, let us seek You, and let us trust You, and let us know that You are directing our hearts and our minds. And so, Father, as we do this, we pray that you change people around us because you are influencing them. It's not us. It's the overflow of you from our hearts. Make us excited, Father, enthusiastic to be your children. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.